When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the KSR Football Podcast, presented to you by our good friends at Justice Dental. I am Nick Rouch, joined as always by Freddie Maggard, Adam Luckett, and Drew Franklin. Before we get to the action, let me tell you all about our good friends at Justice Dental. Now is a great time to get your teeth clean. Go ahead and get clean, right? Figure it out. Call call them at, uh, excuse me, hold up, where's the number? It is 859 859- Five four three zero seven hundred, or visit them online at justicedental.com. They got two locations, real convenient on Blazer Parkway and Wellington Way. Wherever you are in Lexington, it's close. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out Justice Dental, whether it's Doc Thompson, Dr. Justice, they'll hook you up. Your one-stop shop for all your dental needs. And they'll get your teeth feeling, feeling nice and shiny, feeling real good uh, this season. Uh Hey, how's everybody doing? What's going on, Nick? Is somebody chewing? I think those are keys. It's... Oh, oh, was that me? That was me. That was me. Sorry about that. I was trying. I was trying to tweet out a link. It's been me too. <laughs> hey, Drew, you're alive. I'm. I'm very happy. I'm alive and well. Survived the trip to Oxford, much like Luckett and Tyler Thompson. I can't say that the Sunday drive home was a lot of fun. <laughs> Got up early and got it out of the way in time to catch the afternoon NFL games. So, uh, excited to be back. It was great. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I wish it could have been a win, but still a lot of fun. I'm glad I can hear your voice. So I, I thought I, I saw you in the front row at Vaught Hemingway getting the folks fired up. I thought I thought your voice might have been gone from all the blues and whites and CATS chants. You know, when you're stuck in the press box like we normally are and you finally get out of that cage and you get, get to be among the fans, you have to do a season's worth of, of cheering. So I led many a blue-white chance in CATSs. Even got a point from Chris Rodriguez at one point to let, let me know he had, he had heard some of it. But a, a great time being in row one there. I, I do uh, appreciate, like Mark Stoops, he, he thanked all the fans for coming. So uh, he thanked you, Drew. 
Um, Adam, he did not thank you. You were just busy being a, a professional. Uh, just a hack being a hack. <laughs> but you did enjoy your time at the Grove, though, right? It was your first trip. Uh, what were your? Did it meet your expectations? First time in the great state of Mississippi. First time in Oxford. The Grove, I think it, it, that should be on your bucket list. It was awesome. Um, Drew mentioning the Kentucky chance all morning and all night Friday night. I mean, Kentucky was deep in Mississippi um, this weekend. There was a lot of fans. It was a lot of fun. Um, Ole Miss fans were great, hospitable. Um, everything was just it was just awesome. The weather was awesome. You know, everything but the early kick. Even the early kick, though, you I don't know if Drew could speak to this. Once you got out there, you just didn't even you didn't even think about what time it was. It was just you were just there having a good time. And then the game started, and it was live crowd, live atmosphere for the three-plus hours. So it was a great college football Saturday. Um, and you got to see a good competitive game. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way we all wanted it to go, but the experience uh, was top-notch for me. I would highly, highly recommend Oxford for anybody. Are the Bud Lights okay? Will they ever recover? <laughs> uh, the beer was so popular, by the time I got to the front of the line, they only had Twisted Tea left which is not what I wanted as my first career SEC beverage, but I got two of them because I was excited. But Kentucky fans took over all the beer also. I got to say, walking to the stadium, waiting to you know get my ticket scanned, there was a Go Big Blue chant just echoing from the stadium. It was almost kind of haunting. I can't imagine being an Ole Miss fan, having to walk into my own stadium and hearing that. But luck was adding it. Those chants just kept going on and on the entire game and in the hours leading up to it too. Uh, Alan is chatting along with us on the KSR YouTube page. So if you aren't subscribed, go do that. Hop in the chat. We're answering questions, chatting with you folks. And Alan said the Grove hype was real. Met some Ole Miss fans at Jimmy John's Friday night. They invited him to their tailgate and then fed him breakfast and lunch after the game. Like, that's that's Southern hospitality. Not only – I mean, it would be nicer if they had to take a loss from you as well. So that it was almost like an exchange of wins and losses for food. Uh, but good to see that they were very welcoming of all the Big Blue Nation there. I even heard somebody say that outside of LSU that it was the best road crowd that they've ever seen at the Grove. So, well done, BBN. You did great. Uh, hats off to you. I'd put, I'd put it at about 20%. That's how crazy it was. Oh, nice, nice. Freddie, you you were like me. You stayed at home. Um, I we, we did not get to see a win. We did not get to see great football. But it, it, it's kind of the, the story of this football team so far this year, particularly the offense, where it's like, man, they show flashes of good, but they haven't quite seemed to put everything together to play uh, their best football game yet offensively. Yeah, the most important thing, I, I just tweeted out a picture. I'm, you used to see I got the TV going with this on it and then on the screen, and they're different. It's kind of messing me up a little bit. <laughs> Pretty fascinating. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I watched it from home. Very disappointing loss. Um, I felt that Kentucky was a two-touchdown better team than Ole Miss going into the game. And I still feel that way after the game. Just uh, Ole Miss tried to do everything in its power to give the game to Kentucky, and Kentucky just wouldn't take it. Some timely errors, especially in the third phase. Uh, but like Mark said today, I mean, kick return team is really good. Uh Goodfellow, 52 yards a punt, really good. Coverage team, you know, Chanceport kicked one out of bounds. But the third phase from the missed field goal, two missed PATs, just unfortunate. Uh, 
going into the season, I, I kept saying I think that Kentucky will go as far as the tackle position takes it, and I still believe that to this day. Uh, you know, we've talked about – everybody's talked about Ole Miss. I'm disappointed. Everybody's disappointed. Kentucky should have won a game. But going forward with the with the Jeremy Flax situation, uh, we're, we're, we're entering somewhat of a, a very uh, – I wouldn't say scary, but unknown. If, if you're going to get some backups in a tackle, that chat, that's a game changer for Kentucky, as we've seen through five games. Maybe that improves from five to six games. We'll see. But I'm keeping my eyes on Jeremy Flax this week. Well, Mark Mark Stoops didn't have any official update, um, <clears throat> but he didn't sound he, he he hated that he got hurt right when he was playing well. Uh, it's yeah, a hamstring. Um, I'm worried about our guy Scoop though, and especially Dane because the way that Scoop Lemon was spilling the beans today on radio, uh, I, I'm just I'm just worried that Dane's he's going to get Dane in a lot of trouble because Scoop was just like, oh, he's got a torn hamstring and JJ's back and old Jacquez, I don't know, he's going to be back for the rest of the year. He was letting it all hang out. I'm I'm afraid that. Dane Key might be doing a lot of up-downs after practice. I got a little life philosophy. If I have a secret or scoop, I don't tell Ryan Lemon because it goes straight <laughs> out of the radio. So, uh, yeah, Dane might be doing a little running today with all Ryan had to reveal on this morning's show. I love, uh, too, how easily he gets to – like, Matt just is like, tell us. Come on. He's like, okay, sure. Here's everything I know. He caves. He likes to – He's really loving that that scoop brand, so he has trouble keeping anything inside. He loves getting his credit, but hopefully he's wrong on all he said today because that was a lot of negative stuff. Uh, the latest was that uh, Mark Stoops said, did say on his radio show that Jacquez Jones doubtful for this week. He's still in the depth chart. They're 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 letting they're further evaluating with some tests like it. So yeah, not the best news, not the worst news. Yeah, a great opportunity here for Derek Jackson. Trevor Wallace, um, you hate it to hear for Jack West, super senior. He's having an outstanding year. Um, so keep your fingers crossed. Hope he can ba- be back sooner rather than later. Um, but Derek Jackson had a lot of good and some bad, I think, um, Saturday. He made a huge tackle for loss, goal to goal. That was the beginning to get that stop there at the end. We could have been the biggest, could have won the Kentucky the game, that goal line stop. So I, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see more Trevor Wallace. But to me, like the story of, the season really has just been this offensive line. Like, guys, they can play t- – their teammates can play better around them. Um, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. But they just haven't been good enough up front. I mean, and teams have figured it out, and they're they're hunting that out that mismatch every week. And it's just been – it's been a big issue. Um, inefficiency in the run game, procedure penalties, when you actually do get good drafts going in the fourth quarter – and then, you know, can't hold up in pass protection a lot of the time either. So, like, they just – like Freddie said about those tackles, like, you really got to watch Jeremy Flax this week. But just the whole group as a whole, just it just has – they just have to play better. It's just bottom line. They yeah. got to start playing better. Ten tackles for loss allowed. Um, that's a lot. Three more sacks for Will Lepp. Um, and, and as Jay points out, like, it just – too much it's just way too much right now and and there's also been a rotating door with injuries and whatnot basically whatever has gone wrong or whatever could go wrong has gone wrong for this big blue wall um if if flex is sidelined for a while then we'll have david wallaball in at at right tackle 
Um, but Freddie, I got a question for you because you know you're a quarterback. You you've gotten hit a time or two. They let you. You didn't wear you know a a pink jersey in practice, right? You got <laughs> beat off on all year round. Does that? Do you get the sense that like there's any sort of um, not not that he's seeing ghosts, but do you think that pressure is getting to Will and affecting his decision making at all? Yeah, absolutely. He's human, right? I mean, you insert any quarterback in that situation where he's been hit, and I think the hits he'll never admit it. You can never admit it, but you know the hits add up, especially after five games, and, and you've been hit that many times. You've been sacked. Uh, the UK sacked what? 127th in the country, 110th as far as giving up tackles for loss, what Adam was talking about. Will Levis has been hit a lot, and you tend to speed your process up in the pocket. And, you know, I'm not speaking for him. I'm just speaking for myself. I had things up in the pocket because I understood that there could be pressure. That affects your decision-making. That affects your fundamentals, and it affects the whole process. So I, I think a couple of those sacks were actually on Will, and we've seen that before this year. And, and I, this game, this game does not take away what I think of Will Levis. I think he's a first-round quarterback. I think he's the, he's one of the best to ever do it at Kentucky, and he's going to bounce back from this. But I don't think we can gloss over the safety that, that was on the quarterback. Even though the, 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 the procedure with Barry on Brown, that's on the quarterback. And the turnovers, one was a great football play. They were, they were both really good plays by the Ole Miss defense, but still turnovers. Situational football has hurt Kentucky. In the two-minute scenario, both offense and defense, and then in just finishing drives, Kentucky's not done a, a good job offensively of finishing drives. <clears throat> a lot of that's based on inefficiency, especially in the red zone. Only scoring touchdowns 53% of the time. You have turnovers in the red zone. You have penalties that back you out of the red zone. I mean, there's just a lot of things that are adding up to, to this whole offensive operation of being inefficient through five games Kentucky's ranked 13th in the SEC in total yards per game. So, uh, a lot of work to do offensively. The offensive line's getting a lot of the attention, but but I think it's an 11-man 11, 11 operation. I think we'll play better. I think he'll learn from this and move forward. And they're, yeah. and they're like that, Nick, with having one of the most explosive passing games in the country right now. Yeah. Will Evans is averaging over 10 yards per attempt. Doing a lot of great things. But it doesn't matter because they're getting a lot of tackles for loss and sacks. Yeah. When they're getting behind the chains, they're really getting behind the chains. And getting Chris Rodriguez back is going to help the efficiency of the run game. I think you saw that on Saturday. There was a lot more second and sixes, second and fives, third and twos. But it, you got to you got to protect. You got to protect Levis, and I think the blows are getting to him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And so um, we heard Mark Stoops talk about it today. Maybe is it keeping a tight end in? Mm-hmm. Um, is it doing more chipping? Is it doing this, that, or the other? Um, that's something they they're just gonna have to look into because you can't you can't keep going like this. You can't take nineteen sacks in five games. It's just it's just too much. It's a lot, and yeah. it's threatening to sink the season on offense because this offense got a chance to be special. We've seen skill talent wise what they have. We know what they have in the quarterback, um, but the line starts to party and. There's been there's just been too much havoc up front, and that that havoc they're allowing is just sinking the uh, offensive ra- operation as a whole. Well, and as Trey Trey was asking, you know, when you got a, a right tackle coming in cold off the bench, why don't you chip or help more? The thing was, Jordan Dingle did chip. He chipped too he good, chip. he too good of a so chip. Good that he knocked the yeah. dude off the block. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, it'll probably be some more Max Protect stuff. But I, I think what we're we're kidding at though is you haven't really seen. I think if we're going to go five weeks in, the most disappointing part is while there's been some inches, like they're, they're taking baby steps forward in the right direction, but it's not the amount of progress you would hope at this point, right? Kentucky's bad in the red zone week one. They're, they're still bad at the red zone, right? Too many turnovers down there. Uh, still bad at protecting the quarterback. Like a lot of the problems that were here at the beginning of September are still here at the beginning of October. You need to see that development. You need to see the offense moving in the right direction, uh, aside from just Barry on Brown taking a screen and going 80 yards, right? You need something yeah. more than that. Well, Nick, if you think back last time, <clears throat> last year, this time, Kentucky is right at 11, 12th in the SEC and total offense a year ago under Lee and Cohen. So it took a little time. But I agree, it, it's taken too much time. Silver lining. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. But it's different because <laughs> you had three pros on the offensive line. Right. And I, and I think we, we cannot understate how important that Luke Fortner was to that big blue wall last year at center. He locked that down. The middle was locked down. And then Kennard's an all-timer, Darryl Rosenthal, et cetera. Um, but I'm really concerned. I, I'm really, really concerned about the tackle spot, especially if Jeremy Flax cannot play. Uh, it's going to change. You know, and I equated it this morning on the, the show with Tom Leach. To me, Kentucky offensively is having – well, if Flax is out, it's going to have to start calling plays like Brad White called defensive plays last year when he only had two cornerbacks. I mean, his calls were different last year because depth at a, at a critical position on the edge, right? I think if, if Flax goes out or if he's not 100%, you're going to see different play calls, like like you all all said, chipping the the rush. But you can't you can't continually do that. You can't max protect because teams will figure it out. You have to remember those defensive coordinators and that defensive staff. They're getting paid a lot of money to figure this stuff out, and it's not hard right now for Kentucky if you're going against the Cats. Dial up pressure. Try to not give up a home run behind you. So it's like some zone behind the pressure. Ole Miss does a great job of, of preventing explosives better than anybody in the SEC. I thought they deserved a lot of credit on defense of how they played. Solid tackling. Chris Rodriguez, longest run of the, of the game was 10 yards. Uh, Barry on Brown had the long pass play, but after that, you have to go back to 17 yards as the longest reception. Uh, so, Ole Miss, you have to give credit to Ole Miss. They did a really good job defensively preventing Kentucky from getting a home run and creating havoc across the line of scrimmage. Drew, um... I want to get to a new segment that we've got. There, There is a new segment coming. But um, first, I, I do want to lighten things up a little bit. How do, how does Barry on Brown get caught? Oh, I mean, I've watched the replay over and over and over. Both both of the ones where they get the shoestring tackle and then tripping, tripping over his own man. Just heartbreaking. Uh just shoestring tackling in that mistake, keeping him from huge explosive plays, killing me as a Barry on Brown fan. And in the at the arena, at the stadium, on the longest kickoff return, I didn't even know that he had stopped. I'd turn around. I'm already high-fiving people. I didn't think he was going to get caught. So that was extra excruciating, uh, looking up and seeing him on the ground before the end zone. Oh, there's crickets in here. <laughs> that, that, brings us to, that brings us to our new segment because uh, – this segment, it's brought to you by our friends at Prospects. If you haven't downloaded the Prospects app yet, what are you waiting on? Uh, if you're watching live, you can get in on the Monday night football action. I'm taking Jimmy G under 215 and a half passing yards. And uh, Cooper Cup, 
uh, more than 93 and a half uh, receiving yards. It's pretty easy. Uh, just hit a couple, parlay it together, bada boom, bada bang. Uh, they're matching your deposit 100% up to $100. So if you put in 50, you got 100 total. It's easy peasy to use, and you can use it almost anywhere. Um, whatever, 70% of the United States are also in Canada. So I know not all of us in the Commonwealth um, can can play some legal wagers, but you can still play and juice up your day by downloading the Prospects apps today or by visiting them at prizepicks.com. Promo code KSR to double your deposit up to $100. And this new Prospects segment is called The Comment Section Makes Fun of the KSR Crew. So <laughs> we heard that that bug chirping, and Shay says that it looks like Freddie is talking into a mosquito zapper lantern. It's either a mosquito, a mosquito trapper thingy or it's a kerosene heater. I've not figured it out. So uh, that's a good one, though. Yeah, it's a hybrid. You can do both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a dual-purpose a dual uh, uh, dual thing. Yeah, dual threat. Uh, Nick Roush is the only KSR member you could easily replicate with an Easter egg. <laughs> it comes from our pal Austin. Thanks, Austin. You did a good job really – coming after my head it's just one big oval and i don't think you'll ever see both of my ears on screen at once just kind of yeah head on a swivel so we can make sure yeah they didn't lose i've never noticed that but now i can't unnotice that (laughs) i don't see your ears i know i'm wearing the big headphones like you got on freddie you want some yeah i'll I'll take some ears freddie did you have a Top Gun was popular back in the day. Did you all have your own, uh, um, what you call it, the the code words? What do, you, what do you call those things? Call signs. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Just on the CB, I did. I was Dr. Cool. And that was also oh, my oh. Break, na- break dancing <clears throat> game, name. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't uh, tell Drew that I'm going to break dance at his wedding. So. No, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Get, give me some cardboard, lay it to a side. And I'll yeah, we'll, we'll have some ready. All right. Um, yeah, I, I do. I am usually wearing my, as, as Ranger points out, I'm usually wearing my blue blockers whenever we're on the, at the Kroger Field uh, talking ball. Uh, it's it, it did stink a little not being a, down in the Grove this weekend. Uh, hopefully I'm at the game Saturday. Who knows? I might be watching the game from maternity board. So it's a coin flip. And speaking of coin flips, uh, one person, uh, E70, says the Gamecocks are going to blitz the coin flip. It's going to be a tough game. They all are. Um, h- how um, how much is this? This is going to be every team's strategy from here on out, right, Freddie? Like they're just going to be, yeah. it's going to be a blitzkrieg? 100% it's going to be. Just like defenses adapted to Eddie Grant towards the towards the end. And even they did during the, the uprising with Benny Snell and et cetera. You load the box, you can beat Kentucky force those receivers to beat you one-on-one. Now you're going to play You're going to play with respect to those pass catchers because they can beat you deep. But you're going to bring at least five defenders on most all second and five-plus, right? You, they're going to dial it up, and that's what I do until Kentucky. Uh, football is a very complicated sport, but it's also a very easy sport. You keep doing – uh, what you're doing until somebody makes you stop, and that's that's what teams are going to do. They're going to blitz. They're going to they're going to bring extra pressures. They're going to twist. Uh, twist. They're going to stunt. They're going to do everything they can to provide uh, confusion and force communication with an offensive line that's given up not well, how many sacks for the year? 19 sacks. 
um, and then and put hits on the quarterback because those hits do add up. Even if you're Superman like Will Levis, you continue to get hit like that. Those things add up, and it changes a little bit of what you do in the pocket. Yeah, and you can do some things around him. The uh, the final drive like it, there was a beautiful screen pass, and they had another one oh, set up too. To that hurt, yeah. Your, your favorite player, Cavassier Smoke. He had nothing but green grass and blockers in front of him. That was <clears throat> one of one of numerous just missed opportunities for the offense. It, it was almost like it wasn't meant to be. Everything that kept happening for the offense. It was just um, if like if they had a foot, all the toes would have been gone. That's how many times they shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> uh, like that that's just was. One. That that's just what it was. It just was. I mean, any mistake they could make, they can make it. You, the three procedure penalties um, that put them behind the chains in scoring territory. You know, Barry and Brown gets caught. Barry and Brown gets tripped by his own teammate. Uh, you know, blocked extra point. I mean, there was just it was just a comical amount of errors. And still, with all that, they still almost beat a team that's top fifteen good on the road. So that alone, if you could just take a step back from that, you, then you look at all these things, you're like, well, look how close Kentucky is to getting to that level. Um, and I still think they can get that level, mainly because this defense is really good. And yeah. I, I think you get J.J. Weaver back this week is important because South Carolina runs a lot of two tight ends. You get him back, you stop, you shut down Marshawn Lloyd, and you, you're going to have a really good chance, regardless of what your offense does, I think, to win the game. Um, but the offense is like it's close. You got the running back now. They're, they're, they're going to run the ball better. You've got this explosive passing game. You just got to clean some things up and provide Levis with a little more protection. And then you could see them really bust through, but they can't deal with – it seems like they can't deal with, with a simple twist, five-man stunt. I mean, anytime they see that, it seems like automatic leakage. Um, they get untimely penalties. It's just been frustrating to watch them. Um, if they can ever figure it out, it could really start to click like we kind of saw the offense do last year at this point. But it's clear that they don't like they they're just lacking personnel wise on the offensive line. And especially <clears> if <throat> you lose to your starting right tackle, depth there is not great. And so it's a big concern here moving forward. Drew, uh, this has got to do with you because you, you look at the bigger picture because uh, you have solid interest in games and in, in, the, in the gaming sense. Kentucky, you know, Adam, you went into it, man. How many plays in this game, if it had went a different way, Kentucky would have won the football game, Drew? I mean, well, how, how that, many? That's then, my question. So, I'm, I've, I watched the new Hocus Pocus last night. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady was getting his teeth kicked in, so we turned on the new Hocus Pocus. So, I'm in the Halloween spirit. We're getting, we're getting powers. Drew, I'm giving you the spell book, okay? You're going to open it up, and you're going to transform one play – from Saturday, you can change the outcome of it. What play are you changing that gets Kentucky the victory? That's an easy answer for me because I haven't felt as much pain as I felt tasting and seeing a Dane Key game-winning touchdown on the road than celebrating it with all the UK fans around me only for someone to start yelling flag in our section and we look up and realize that had been taken away. We got to fill it, we got to live it, and it was pride from our hands. So if I could change anything, I would just have Will Levis wait half a second before snapping that ball and then having Dane Key get his game winner. Uh, 
It was, it was a ticky tack call. It was probably the right call, but it was still ticky tack, and it's so frustrating. Because you're right. I mean, he's this close. All the other mistakes, you know, you you have to fight to overcome it. But they overcame all of those and had the game in hand, had the game won, and to have that wiped away. Just it just changes narratives and uh, how you think about a team. And it goes back to Freddie, what Freddie said earlier about Will Levis, where it's like you start to move a little bit faster when you're facing a lot of pressure. And he was just, I mean, that that quick. That yeah. yeah. Nick, I'm gonna add something to the whole panel here. Not only did Kentucky waste opportunities <clears throat> and lose to Ole Miss, look around the SEC, that's why I was getting with Drew. Georgia wobbled again. A and M, Arkansas both got beat. So you're looking at that Alabama, Georgia, and then it could have been Kentucky, Tennessee, right there had would have separated if Kentucky would have beaten Ole Miss. I mean, in my opinion, in perception wise, so that's another missed chance that Kentucky had because Arkansas, A and M both get beat, the and and they're down here now. Kentucky could have moved right into that solid second level in the SEC. Just so many missed opportunities on many different levels. Mm. And if you just make those plays, maybe top five, you mean you've got two top 15 wins yeah. with South Carolina and Mississippi State. I mean, we just – we really start dreaming big dreams. If just any of those – felt like nine to ten plays had just gone a little differently. Yeah, I just want to throw this out here. We had an all-time Kentucky drive cooking when Levis fumbled. They got the ball with ten minutes and change, and they were about to go 90 yards, make Ole Miss burn timeouts, and give them the ball back with – a minute, 50 seconds, um, and have a nine-minute touchdown drive to win a top 15 game on the road. Um, that was – that is, that would have been – that's the Mark Stoops, Kentucky football. That's the drive. And they, they had it. And they were that close. And yeah, just a great play by Ole Miss linebacker Austin Keys. Um, and just unfortunate how that happened. But to me, that's it. That was the – that is Kentucky football. And that's what we would be talking about um, nonstop is that this is what – this is the formula. This is what they do, and they they, they had it. Um, I mean, you got to like Kentucky's defense again, like bowed up and gave them another chance, which was nice. But that is that would have been the like blueprint for Kentucky football, and you could we could have talked about that for a long time if they finished off that drive. It felt like uh, what was that, uh, Vandy making twenty eighteen, except not like well the, the, the belt bowl Virginia place. Tech. The belt, the belt bowl game winning drive mm-hmm. where they yeah. what was it nine minutes or what that I mean that is that is <laughs> Kentucky football. Um, Drive. It, just, it just it just stinks that they you didn't get to finish that thing off because that was a beautiful drive off the goal line stand and you could have just sucked the air all out, right out of Ole Miss and Ole Miss fans would have been leaving the stadium like what the hell just happened? Yeah, like we were just how did we just go from? Uh, fourth and goal with 11 minutes left to we're down four with 40 seconds left and no timeouts in the ball. I mean, that, that's what that's what happened there. It was just just unfortunate. That yeah. feeling that we felt all felt at Kroger Field, right? Mm-hmm. When Georgia, exactly. When Georgia kicked the field goal to beat Kentucky and on and on, and Kentucky had that chance. Uh, if I would, if I had to change one play, I would change the uh, the the Ruffalo field goal. Uh, maybe if that thing goes in. You get it's like you you all you three are golfers. You sink your first putt, and maybe the PATs would have been a little different. And we wouldn't even have to have that last drive. I mean, I don't know. There's so many; it's hard to choose. But I think I'd choose the field goal. 
I just want, I just want, Baryon, how do you, go, just get in the end zone. Ah, man, that was, that was frustrating. But a couple other guys that did play awesome that deserve a tip of the cap, um, even though I'm not wearing a cap tonight. Um, Jordan Dingle. Absolutely. He had a, he had a nice day. I know he, he did whiff pretty hard on one run, but he caught some really difficult passes. It was one on third day and it was tough. And then he went through like two guys to stretch out into the end zone uh, and, and score. Jordan Dingle, solid, <laughs> really solid uh, out of that tight end room. And then uh, <laughs> look at Mark Stoops talked today too about how Justin Rogers, I know he didn't record a, a, a tackle at all, but he played a really good game on that, that UK defensive lineman. You, you could see him creating uh, some havoc in the backfield, forcing running backs to redirect. And you, you never really thought that that defensive line was gassed against that tempo. Total group effort from the defense, I just think. Yeah. Um, it would, The game worked out like you thought it was going to work. Against these tempo teams, they're just going to score, you know, they're going to score on their opening script. So you just got to get your sea legs and settle in. And once that happened, Kentucky was awesome. Those last eight, nine possessions of the game. Um, everybody up front, linebackers, edge players, secondary. The only thing you wish, like, they had their hands on a lot of footballs and they just didn't come down with the interceptions. Um, yeah. There was a go ball deep. Carrington Valentine's on top of the route. He just can't track it well enough. De'Eric Jackson is a half a step probably away from a pick six across the field. Uh, on their field goal drive, Tyrell Asian has a ball go right through his bread basket that would have ended that drive. That is the only thing I would say from the defense is you want to see them start getting some more takeaways. Uh, and they had chances um, there against Ole Miss, and that's the only thing they didn't capitalize. Um, but other than that, I think it was just it's just another outstanding, really, really good performance by Brad White's defense, and they are carrying the team that's right now. And then I think you look on the other side, Nick, like these young players and even Tavian Robinson and Al Dingle, like they're put like when they're targeted – more good things are happening more than bad. Passes are being completed and yards are being gained. You just got to be able to protect so that we, so Kentucky can throw more passes so that can happen. Um, and as Ethan says, the, the bounce back, the, there's going to be a lot of juice in Kroger Field Saturday night, a good time <clears> to get back on track. Luckily, that tough test against Mississippi State isn't coming for another week. Um, but thanks for subscribing, Ethan. Thanks to all of y'all for subscribing and chiming thanks, in. Ethan. And, and I, I, before we get into South Carolina a little bit, Dylan did have a good question because Luckett brought up the tempo. So I, how how does Freddie? How how does the what Ole Miss do with that tempo compared to Mississippi State and, and Tennessee? Mississippi State is actually going slower. Uh, which They're is, ball control offense, Freddie. Yeah, they just throw it all around run, the yard. Yeah, and, and they're running the ball more. I thought we saw some last year and this year. Mississippi State's trying to run the football more. Uh, Tennessee is just different. It's a different type of concept. Uh, the splits are just so wide, and then Hendon Hooker is a dude. I mean, he's we've seen him at Virginia Tech and at Tennessee just have high success against Kentucky. Uh, so I think Tennessee's better uh, than Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and do especially on offense. But you know, th this is a game that. All right, let's get back to our parent sandwich. You remember that we we critique something, but we got to talk about something good here. Parent sandwich. About, yeah. Was we? What? Uh, I'd never heard of this, Freddie. What? Okay. We went over it last week. We went over it last week, Nick. 
So we're, 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 we're going to we're, we're critique something, right? <laughs> Sorry, Duke. <laughs> That's on top. Are you with me, Nick? Are you yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with okay, you. so the first thing we critique is the upper piece of bread. Now we're okay. going to talk about something really good that you did. They did really good, which is the meat, right? That's your bologna. Ooh, and then your bottom like piece of bread, we're going to talk about. We we can do this better, right? So okay. it's like a sandwich. All you right. got it. Okay. You got it. Defensively, defensively, Brad White is doing what Brad White does. This is a top five SEC defense in just about every category, uh, and he's doing that without a bunch of surefire NFL players. So let's just talk about that. We. We've discussed and linked the inefficiencies on defense, on offense rather, and on special teams. But that defense is solid, man. That defense is solid. It's going to face South Carolina, who doesn't go super fast. Uh, it's going to be a, a really good matchup for that Kentucky defense. And maybe this team is who it is. It's, it's defensive first, defense first. Hit some home runs and just roll the dice on the rest of it. So. But we can't talk enough about good things. Uh, Justin Rogers thought he played really well. He surprised me. He played better than I thought he that he could ever play better against Ole Miss. Didn't register in the stats, but played really well. Dion Walker held up against Tempo as good as he can, a true freshman can. And then I thought the secondary played well. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you hold Ole Miss. Now, Drew, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here. If you hold Ole Miss – to three touchdowns less than its season average and 100 yards yes, of, and less of total yards per game season average, you think you could get the win, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what Kentucky did. I, uh, 200 yards rushing for the best non-service academy rush attack yeah. in college football. Yeah. Uh, defense, played, defense, the defense, Barry and Brown, played good enough to win that football game. Absolutely. Just, there was just it, a couple plays off. And for me, like, if you're talking about a good thing, it's really number two. Like, he is a difference maker. Now, you've seen it now. Teams aren't kicking to him now anymore. No, it's done. It's done. There, You're not getting that anymore. But you're going to have to find creative ways to get him the ball. Get, target him on crossers. Get him the ball in space with that engine revved up. Get him involved in the run game, whether it's jet sweeps, end rounds, um, quick sweeps out of the huddle. But to him, to, to me, that's the big difference maker. Because now he's a guy, defensive coordinator is like, hey, now, we got to know where this guy is at all times. And Freddie, yeah. when they, those wide receiver screens, they're going to be on high alert. And yeah. when te- defense are on high alert, you can get a double move yeah. off of that. Sure you know? yeah. So now not only is he a true weapon, he can be a true decoy yeah. for your offense right now. And they have to use that, but they still have to find ways to generate touches. For this guy because he's lightning in a bottle. Anytime he touches it, it the band can play. Yep. So you just you gotta find ways to get him the ball. And it's gonna open up things, I think, for the rest of those receivers who have done really good things. Like it that performance might be great down here for Dan Key and Tavian Robinson. It could just open up a lot of things for them. Um so for me, I think he that could potentially be the spark plug. Maybe the offense needs was just him doing what he's doing and now defensive coordinators have to be like all right, we got. We can't let that guy to do that to us, and then that could open up things for other people. Yeah, I mean, you know, on those screens, those bubble screens, etc. The way defense, the way a good defense plays that is, is obviously you want to make the tackle, but your priority is to blow up those blockers and, and create a push and, and and cradle 
the pass catcher. Yeah, leverage them out inside leverage out. Leverage them out inside out. You, you you make solid contact with the blockers and push them back. Now, if you do that, like Adam said, they're going to keep coming up, and as soon as they see screen, they're going to fly up, and then you can hit some things behind them. So, yeah, there's going to be opportunities there. I like that line. Anytime he touches it, the band can play. Yeah, can we, get that, a, can we get that on a T-shirt? You got that trademarked? Uh, I don't know if that's original, but we'll claim it. KSR. Yeah, yeah. On, KSR on, football podcast, original. Um, you know what else is good, too? Is um, Well, actually, not technically good. Good for Kentucky. Uh, Drew, let's play a little game. Okay. All right. SEC stats. Quarterback ranking. Where do we think Will Levis ranks, and where do you think Spencer Rattler ranks? <laughs> Uh, I believe Levis is uh, near the top, maybe even at number two. And Rattler, I'm going to guess, with his four touchdowns and seven interceptions, he is somewhere near the worst. You would be correct. Will Levis is number two, and Spencer Rattler is the worst. Wow. Worst quarterback in the SEC, Spencer Rattler. Uh, South Carolina, I I was shocked when Luckett read that stat to me in the car on the way to Lexington today. Four touchdowns and seven interceptions. They're scoring 50 points against nobodies, and he can't even pad his stats. That's just horrific offense. I mean – The the biggest mismatch in this game is Brad White versus Marcus Satterfield. Yeah. Well, the biggest Satterfield going to Lexington. I mean, (laughs) anything to go right? Yeah. I mean, Brad White's defense – because remember last year, Kentucky put the ball on the turf three times. Levis threw an interception, and even with all that, South Carolina never really threatened them because Kentucky's defense just had clamps. Um, I think they held him to 50 yards rushing. They couldn't really get anything going in the passing game. Um, I believe they stopped three or four fourth down attempts. Uh, they won them the game um, last year, and this year it's just struggling a little bit. Rattler's putting career low numbers up. Um, they're like Dehean Bell and Josh Fan enter the year as kind of their top two guys on offense. They're not getting involved at all. Um, they've got a lot of guys they're trying to get the ball to, and it's just been kind of clunky for South Carolina. So, yeah, Rattler, back to the original thing. Rattler's struggling. Um, things aren't going too well. And meanwhile, Kentucky's a top 10-ish defense right yeah. now. So, Cats have a heavy advantage there. I, I Like am. you, Nick, I was shocked to see that they've scored 50 points in back-to-back games. And I went to see Rattler, like, well, surely he's padded his stats because I knew he'd gotten off to a rough start. But how do you only have four touchdowns on the year when that offense has had back-to-back or scored 106 points in two weeks? How did he not find a way to get those numbers up? Uh, it's, it's astonishing, and it's kind of like, you know, how, how do you not beat Boston College? Like, I think, I think we could beat Boston <laughs> College. Drew, when did you find out that Louisville lost a football game to Boston College? in front of 24 people. I was completely unable to keep up with anything all weekend. So I was probably back in Lexington before I, I got that uh, happiness. I thought, see, I thought that it might've been a thing where you're uh, at the $200, a cover bar and somebody would have been like, Hey, get this level lost. And then uh, everybody bought you a round <clears> of drinks <throat> to celebrate. If I may complain about one thing about Oxford, I had no cell service. I guess they're not equipped to handle the takeover. I couldn't get a hold of Luckett or Tyler or anyone we trying to meet up. So I didn't see any scores or anything that wasn't right in front of my face. But I was happy to learn that news after the fact. It's probably the trees in the grove, right? Like, 
it's just the technology they're like the avatar trees you just can't you can't get them out there's the signal can't go anywhere that's how the cell phone service works right freddie yeah you want me to explain it to you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's uh nuclear powered yeah it's right refrigeration and microwave technology <laughs> yeah and then and you know what you just weren't you didn't refrigerate your phone long enough to, that's right that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah stick it in have. the freezer yeah, uh, 33.25 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. <laughs> Did, uh, Freddie, you know, if South, I know South Carolina had a bunch of dudes injured early on in the year on their defense. Are, are, do we think they're going to be healthy against Kentucky? I think they'll be healthier. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just like Kentucky. I think they're just like any SEC team yeah, at the mid, midway point of the season. I mean, you're beat up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's not fun. I mean – and I, I feel for Levis because I've been in that situation. Uh, I mean, little things hurt. Obviously, his finger, which is not that big of a deal, but it is big. Of a, it's, it is a big deal for a quarterback to have that injury. Uh, and you're just taking shots. I mean, everything's sore. You know, you get hit a few times under here, and you know, you, you, throwing the football is, is much more to do with your torso than your arm, anyway. You get some banged up ribs or, or hip something as many hits as he's taken ankle. Um, you know I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about him, but uh, he needs to be upright more and not on the turf as much. Well, and there's a lot of things that can make that happen. It's kind of like when I just wake up every day. You know, it's just a little something here, a little something there, and it just it just hurts all over. But I, a lot of folks have been bringing up in the pet drew. I feel like this they, they got away from it after things went awry in like the first week where the boots and the rollouts and stuff didn't work. It feels like this would be a good time to get Levis on the move, out of the pocket, rolling out, like just any sort of movement to where he's not just worried that the pocket's going to collapse on him at any second. Yeah, he's getting very panicky back there, and, and I noticed uh, being at the game and not following a TV broadcast, a lot of frustration settling in, you know, punching the ground or really laying into an offensive lineman. Didn't see much of that earlier in the year, but I think these licks are starting to add up, and he's yeah. really really start to see it uh, pile up on him. Yeah. Um, running the ball is going to be important this week. First three games, South Carolina gave up over 200-yard rushing to Georgia State, Arkansas, Georgia. Oh. And they kind of fixed it against Charlotte and South Carolina State. But, but big Chris Rodriguez game. He had a huge game against them last year. He had a huge game against them back <clears> in 2020. So you can get him going. That could be your passing game's best friend. For me, I think more of just like moving the launch point in the pocket. You know, don't do not let the defenders tee off on him. Well, when they're drawing up their blitz packages, move it a little bit. Some boots, get him on the move for some maybe some flood concepts, um, just to get them moving a little bit and getting some easy throws and in rhythm. Um, I think you could see see a little bit of that. But yeah, they. I mean, they're gonna have to do something because. What's what they're doing right now? It's not working, especially if you've got a brand new tackle in there. You can't just sit back there and drop back um, like they're wanting to do. So I think um, pounding the rock and moving the launch point in the throw game, I think, could be two things we see from Kentucky this week. There's um when you look at throughout the Mark Soup's era, there's one common thread in every season. When the Cats lose, they lose in bunches. Uh, lost three in a row last. Um, I think it was three in a row in, in the COVID year. Um, you, you lost South Carolina and Mississippi State back-to-back. Um, when you had the injuries to the quarterbacks in 2019. 2018, 
you you let that loss to Georgia bleed into the Tennessee one, right? So you always say you don't want to turn one loss into two, but that that's kind of been a common thread. Drew, are, are you are you confident that Kentucky won't turn one loss into two? Do you do you have a belief that they can get right against South Carolina, and and why? I'm pretty confident. Obviously, there's still a lot to clean up, as we've talked about for the last 45 minutes. But just it seems like South Carolina, I mean, their run game is going well, but it seems like they were just padding those numbers against bad teams. Another running back is, I believe, sixth in the country in touchdowns. Uh, he's caught a couple, ran for a bunch to lead the conference. But I trust Kentucky's front seven to keep him in check. And as we've said, it's, if it's Brad White versus Spencer Rattler, I, I think that's a pretty easy side that we, we know what to be on. Part of the – reason why like these games can get worrisome or if it oh is it a trap mark stoops hates these guys i don't know what it is about south carolina and you know they're, they're still probably feeling it a little bit today but he's gonna get those dudes ready to play against south carolina he's never lost to them in lexington not once uh, you had to go back to 2012 uh to the last time uh the cats lost to the gamecocks in lexington so I just, even though the Big Blue Nation, we're kind of licking our wounds right now. Like, you know, there's a lot of like, Will Levis, is he good, Chatter? Like, we're, we've kind of lost our minds a little bit. But a good way to get everyone back together is through a common enemy, and that's through Shane Beamer and his stupid sunglasses. Please, Shane, do do some stupid social media thing this week. Like, I just want you to give Mark Stoops sticks and smash that piñata all Saturday night long at the Crow. Well, you're going to, special teams again. Here we go back to special teams. I think Beamer. This is a this is a huge game for South Carolina. Yeah, they think it's a winnable game, and <clears throat> you're going to see fake punts. You're going to see onside kicks. You're going to see Beamer ball, whatever that means, in full action uh, against Kentucky. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at how they scored all these points with Rattler only throwing four touchdowns. A lot of it's been special teams. Yeah, uh, two punt return touchdowns. Um, I believe that had a few blocks in there, and just that that special teams group makes a lot of plays. They did a swinging gate last week against South Carolina State, where they move on the extra point. They move everybody over. Classic they, Trinity play. Look, yeah, that's what tri- yeah. yeah. <laughs> only only losers run this play, but yeah. <laughs> so they then they ran it the other way and they popped the pass and they scored a two point conversion. So like you're gonna see see some tricks. Um, in the special teams, and like they pay their special teams coordinator a lot of money, um, and it's kind of what Freddie said—that Beamer ball type thing. So they're going to be creative. Kentucky has to be on their game here here this week um, in the third phase. Um, so that that's really important. You can't give them any free points in a, in a game that could be tight. But like Nick's pointed to, there is like Kentucky does not like these guys on the other side. No. And so that that can't hurt in a you know when you're in a spot like this. Um, I, I'd imagine the veterans are telling the freshmen, "This is you know we how don't big this game is." Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that that is I think on Kentucky's side um, for this big. But Freddie's right; they're on two. That's you see, South Carolina is. If they don't win this game, they're three and three, and they're going to be scratching and clawing just to make a bowl. And so this is a huge huge game um, for them. They're going to get the extra preparation here playing on Thursday. Um, they moved it up for the hurricane. So uh, Kentucky's going to get, I think, one of, uh, one of the better shots from South Carolina this season. So they're going to need to come in and be ready to play well. 
It's going down this Saturday at Kroger Field, 7.30, more like 7.37 in the SEC Network special. Uh, we'll get a Lakeenland Kentucky football double dip. It's Drew, have you checked out the weather yet? I mean, it's just been it's been beautiful in Lexington. It's only going to be more beautiful or about time kickoff rolls around. Yeah, might get a little chilly just to really feel the football. And I'm excited with uh, the Mississippi State game getting the same time. We get back-to-back weeks of Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, and Cole Kublick. Uh, our favorite broadcast team to look for. So it's going to be a yeah. fun couple of weeks, especially if Kentucky can handle their business. Who who has a rounder head, me or Cole, Freddie? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go you, Nick. I mean, I love you, but it's yeah, I, yeah. I like, yeah you, your head is more aesthetically appealing than Cole's. Cole's definitely got like the dents in it from yeah. like. Playing yeah. with those Rydell air helmets that you have to <laughs> yeah. pump up. Yeah, um, absolutely. <clears throat> but I, I do like that they're they're letting them chime in more. I, I listened to their uh, yes. broadcast that Georgia Missouri game. What Missouri? You just punch it in. They, they did the same thing Kentucky did. You get opportunities. You can't be having pre snap penalties when you're on the one yard line. They did that. Blew the game. Georgia false started on that fourth and one too. They fall started. Uh, you, you can't convince me otherwise. And the refs gave it to him. Freddie, when do we start getting some logo looks from the refs? Like, that's a load of crap. Well, hopefully after the Big Blue Nation gets to go to Keeneland and then gets into Kroger Field, I think that place is going to be pretty loud, pretty electric. And uh, that can somewhat sometimes sway the officials. So, uh, but, but that being said, Thanks to Adam and Drew and all the Kentucky people that went down to Ole Miss. That was a fantastic crowd. Uh, again, missed opportunities in many ways, but uh, the fans surely did their part and should be commended for for what they did Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, 12 years in the making. Ultimately could not come away with a win, but it was, uh, Drew, I think you'd say overall pretty decent experience. Oh, I, I ranked the trip as a whole uh, 10 out of 10. Got there early Thursday, uh, made a 72-hour marathon that I'm still feeling. But if Kentucky had just finished it, it all would have been perfect. But we still had a blast. I thought Ole Miss fans were very welcoming. Uh, some of the younger crowd got a little little chesty after the game. But uh, all in all, just an amazing trip and a great place to visit. They're all very hospitable. Ranger made me laugh. He said, Cole is rounder, Nick is oddball. So I've got to <laughs> – a true, true egghead. Um, <laughs> is what it is. is it's always it is. Easter in the Roush house. Yeah, yeah. Just throw some, throw some dye on me, and I'll be good to go. And an old school D cell shirt on too. You like that? Yeah, I do like yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Oh, Bruce with a duck, and Adam with a Saint X. Oh, football in the background, man. <laughs> well, we're, I had to hang, a lot of D cells, folks. Nick, that was a lot for me this weekend. Yeah, you're all those these sales guys. That's but. that's when you know you're having a good time, right? Uh, getting a little after it. I can't well, I can't complain. Good people. <laughs> oh man, uh, before we go, I've got a question for you because my my son's been wondering this. He likes all <clears throat> kinds of cake, um, but I got I got to pick my birthday cake. I chose carrot cake. Freddie, what kind of cake do you choose uh, when it's when it's your birthday? Wow, I, I really don't do cake much. I've never been a cake person. I'm more of a pie guy. So, so uh, which pie would you get? You're, I get to have one. Yeah, uh, I, like, I, I like cold camp pie and I like uh, pecan pie. 
you, you can't just drop cold camp pie. What, what, what kind of pie is cold camp pie? It's a peanut butter pie. Oh. oh so yeah. people, you know, you didn't have much money in the cold camp, so you made some bread, get some peanut butter, put it on it, make a pie out of it. So I love that a lot. Nice. You put a little marshmallow in there, too. Yeah, make it real fluffy. That's yeah, yeah. Y'all are giving me wedding planning anxiety talking about cake, but I'll, I'll, I will log a vote for key lime pie because, like Freddie, I don't really oh. care for cake either. Give me ice cream over cake, but I'll take key lime pie as my answer. Okay, okay. I can be down for that. I went to a wedding that had a graters, like, tub where you could just go pick your little cups of ice cream. That was a, that was a nice little treat, nice little treat. I may have taken some home with me, and they're downstairs in my freezer as we speak. I'm a sucker for a good slice of chocolate cake, but for my birthday every year, cookie cake from the Great American Cookie Company. Mm. One that of those malls in business. It is good. <laughs> one, good. One that I forgot about, too, that I haven't had in a while, the ice cream cake. I haven't done an ice cream oh, cake in a long yeah. time. And that's like a rare, you know, you just, the, whatever the stuff is in the middle, I just want to. Cookie crumble in the middle or just. Oh, mm. just. All right, I got a question about cakes now. Okay, all right. Ice cream or no? If yes, do you use the Cosmopolitan or whatever that's got all the different flavors in it? Cos, whatever you say. Ne- ne- Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Yeah, that too. Do you go ice cream or not? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big ice cream fan. And I'll do all three colors. I don't, I don't like, care. I don't like Neapolitan. I don't like the strawberry. So I do. I can do the chocolate and vanilla. So I'll just have to work, you know, do a little carving action like a surgeon. But... Uh, I can't do the strawberry. No strawberry here. Freddie with a visitor back there. Yeah, Daisy's kind of mad I'm on the uh, internet here this long. She's probably not happy with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if Daisy says it's time to get off, it's time to get off. Um, We appreciate y'all following along tonight on the KSR YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, what what are we doing, right? Get over here, smash subscribe. We're on here every Monday at 7 p.m. Thanks to our friends at Justice Dental. They're a sponsor of the KSR Football Podcast. Go check them out at justicedental.com. When you're in Lexington, it's it's so convenient. You can't afford not to. Visit justicedental.com and keep on tuning in every single Monday as we talk Kentucky football and hang out with the Big Blue Nation right here on the KSR YouTube channel. For Freddie Maggard, Adam Luckett, and Drew Franklin, I'm Nick Roush. We'll see you next week. Go Cats and go Kroger.